Right, so this is episode 41. Uh, and another little bit of a change of pace. Uh, and something which I thought was interesting was, now obviously we've got me and Pete on this podcast and we've had quite a few people who, you know, who know me, who've known me over the years. And I thought it'd be interesting to actually have, uh, we've got Mike Mobley on, who's one of my fantastic patrons uh, for one, but he's also one of Pete Fletcher's very good friends and also was the man who introduced Pete Fletcher to the music among many other um, great bands, obviously. So yeah, first and foremost, uh, thank you very much for coming on, Mike. I appreciate it. I can't believe you guys would have me on to have such a, uh, I'm humbled by the fact you'd want to talk to me. Uh, I'll oh. say that much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- those guitars on display in the background of your picture are enough <laughs> to make me want to speak to you. Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> can't anything else, but you know, we'll get on to that later on. Brother, you need to come to Florida and need somebody to play them. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I bet they've not been, I bet they've just been sat in there and they haven't been That's played, it. haven't they? That's it. They, they, they've barely been touched. Just for reference here, for for listeners, um, he has got two guitars on his wall that are actually that were actually Prince's guitars, um, and they're absolutely incredible. So yeah, but but we will get on to that. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Mike. And as I say, you are one of my patrons, which is obviously something I appreciate uh, more and more each day because you know, obviously, like I like I talk about, you guys are enabling me to sort of you know uh, go on these projects and make this music and stuff and. I love the feedback that I get from you guys and all that stuff. But yeah, I think it's an interesting angle as well that, you know, Pete and you kind of introduced Pete to us. So, you know, I thought we could talk a little bit about that. But before, anyway, hello, Pete. Sorry, I forgot to say hello to you. Oh, you forgot me. Here I am over here. Hey man, how's it going? Can't complain, man. It's always good to see you, brother. Yeah, man, this is great. Like Mike, for for reference, is my dag, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike and I knew each other in high school. Uh, yeah, Mike was annoyingly good looking and got all the girls. And uh, he, yeah, and then we worked together years later, many many years later. Uh, still good looking, by the way. Uh, but uh, <laughs> many many years <laughs> later, we worked together. And uh, when we were working together in Florida, Mike had this again little context. This is before, this was during the days of the internet, obviously, but before the days of popular Google searching. (laughs) Mm. And uh, yeah, Mike, Mike found every good band that I ever liked. I mean, he introduced me to the Foo Fighters early days. Uh, He introduced me to the Vines and other groups, but he definitely introduced me to the music. And I'd never understood where he found all these bands or where he was coming up with this stuff. Uh, And so I definitely have some questions about that, Mike. But yeah, Mike, maybe you can start by just telling us how you in those days, because I'm sure it changed, but how in those days did you do your music discovery? I listened to the radio. I watched VH1. No, 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 no. There, was no there was no radio playing the music in South Florida. <laughs> All right. So, so first, I got to say one thing. Okay. And I'm sure Adam doesn't know this. He said I was a good looking guy. But did you know that Pete was the prom king this senior year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> true story. <laughs> true story. <laughs> you, were the, you were the prom king. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm laughing so much, really. It's to no detriment. You know what I mean? This is going to go really bad. So everybody have fun with that one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> to get to your question, I would spend a lot of time on MTV. I think it was MTV2 at the time mm. or VH1 or whatever. And sitting at home with the wife, having a few drinks. And I would just always keep my, we wouldn't necessarily be watching it, but I would keep my ear on because radio in South Florida is terrible. And one thing that you don't know, Adam, is where we're in South Florida. For some Mm -hmm. reason, bands don't like to tour to South Florida. It's like they get to Orlando or Tampa, which is north of here, and then they don't come all the way down. They either start a tour or end a tour in Miami. Yeah. And if, and if, yeah, and if that doesn't, if they're not on the billing, you know, right away, they're not scheduled right away, you know, you're never going to see them. So I would always have my ear out for music. Um, and if, if something grabs me, you know, makes the, makes the hair on my arm stand up or it tickles my eardrum a little bit. If it moves me, I immediately jot it down. Who was that? And then I, that's when the search would begin. Now, Pete says, you know, we did have the internet back then. We did have Google back then. Um, so he's exaggerating quite a bit, you know, <laughs> trying to make us older than we are. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got to the Encyclopedia Britannica and I looked up the vines. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
Um, so if, if music catches me and it's something that I, that I think is going to be interested in me, I'll take a harder dive into them. Um, and that's what's really good about, you know, you guys, the Vines. Uh, I liked, I think I got you into Wolf Mother at one time. Oh, yeah. I don't think ever you ever got into the White Stripes, though. I love the White Stripes. I love Jack White. We saw the White Stripes together. You went, you were at the show in, I in, was. in Boca Raton? I was. <laughs> That's a funny story about that show is uh, Meg got sick about halfway through, and Jack White played half the show with just him and a guitar and some little synthesizer machine that he had. And he's a, he's one of, he's another one of those virtuoso type guys. He yeah. can he can do anything, but it was, it was spectacular. Um, but uh, so if I get something that catches my ear, the first thing that I want to do is share it because I'm a bit of a music snob, I think, and I feel that I tend to like music that is different than anything else you're going to hear on the radio or anything that's that's in heavy rotation. Um, at least I feel that way. There's something. There's always something a little bit quirky about the music I like compared to what everybody else is listening to. So if something catches my ear um, that I think is going to is going to be big, mm-hmm. I like to help. I want to push it. And so I would push it to Pete. I would push it to anybody that I knew. You got to check these guys out. You got to hear this and to see if they get the same reactions that I get from it. So far, it's worked out pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mike's definitely got a... We have a similar palette for music. I mean, back, you know, I don't know what it was, but back then, it seemed like... Back, though, then, back then, like, regionally, there were kids that liked rock. There were kids that liked rap. Then there were other kids that liked different, you know, country music or whatever. But Mike and I, what we definitely shared was a common sort of a br- broader, you know, taste for different types of music. I mean, we could listen to Metallica at the same time we're listening to Anita Baker, you know? <laughs> Uh, but also searching for those deep tracks. (laughs) And I don't mean to interrupt you, but we could also go to a two live crew concert together and see MC Shy D. And yeah, this is us in high school, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old. And we're at the two live crew concert in Fort Lauderdale. Um, And, you know, watching inappropriate things and doing things that we probably shouldn't have been doing back in the day. But, uh, but then we also saw Genesis. We also saw Genesis together. Oh, Genesis together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. We saw Genesis. We saw Prince. We saw ready for the world. We saw you name it. We saw a bunch of, it didn't matter as long as the music move moves us. Yeah. um, We were involved. Yeah. But the music was different, right? Like when we when we found the music, there was definitely like this agreement between the two of us. Like, okay, hold on, this is way different than what we. Nobody knows who these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows who these guys are, and this is special. This is so Mike. Did you was it MTV Two where you first heard us? Then, if you were sort of patrolling MTV Two, I think we 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 did have. A few little videos on there, like the early, the really cheap long road video we did that got MTV2 play. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it sort of when you're on MTV2 that you're automatically on MTV2 in America. I've got no idea, but we must have had some underground play like that. You did on MTV2, but I did not discover the music until I saw, uh, it, it was something, I think it was on VH1, and they did the ugliest bands. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God. You got to be kidding. And I see, and I, I took offense to it because I see Rob up there dancing <laughs> his ass off. <laughs> He's dancing his ass off. And all I can hear is, is, uh, take the long road. Yeah. I'm hearing that riff and I'm seeing that beat and I'm watching him do his little spin around and everything else. And I'm going, I don't, I don't care what, why, why, first of all, first of all, why are they making this, you know, the, this judgment, which is totally horrible. I was focused on the music and literally the music. And the second that, uh, that happened, I was the next day I was at work and I was like, Pete, you got to hear this band. You got to hear this band. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, Rob. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, fellas. Uh, I mean, well, no, I mean, you know, let's face it. They were probably talking about us all. But I mean, for a minute there, I thought you were just kind of taking the piss. And I thought, that's a funny joke. He discovered us on the world's ugliest bands. But then I very quickly realized that you weren't actually taking the piss. And then no, no, I wasn't. No, No, I mean, that that, that, that just reminds me of a funny story when I don't know if I've told it before when we were touring with Coldplay and um, Gwyneth Paltrow and all quite a few of her friends were stood in the corridor and we were kind of stood at the other end of this corridor that were dimly lit and you know they were, were kind of looking down there and then the sort of light got turned on and you could almost see them physically go Ugh. and turn around and walk <laughs> off 
So yeah, well, Douglas band uh, that you know that is um, well, we did once get called uh, trog faced wankers, obviously. So <laughs> that's fucking funny. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. Carry on, carry on. You saw you saw the video on on the VH1, then in fact. Yeah, yeah. It was and it was just a little snippet. It, it was just a snippet. All right. No, and I, I remember them vividly showing Rob do his little twisty twirly thing that he does. Yeah. Um, mm. And hearing your riff and hearing that drum beat and immediately going, okay. I, I got to hear more of this. And that's when the dive began. I, I started to, to do the deeper dive. I did the research and and uh, got the album, shared it with Pete. And it was cover to cover. It was, it was, we were like, nobody's doing this. This mm-hmm. is so original. This is, this is a little bit of, of, of Zeppelin. This is a little bit of a, of a dance music. This is a little bit of all these things. It was a, such a hybrid, which is what I love about music. Mostly. I, I like when people yeah. are willing to take bits and pieces of everything and create something new. And hearing your other, you know, other times on your, on your podcast, I get the feeling like that you didn't really feel like you were influenced by many people I, I, is that true or you guys were just making music yeah i mean that is that's something i spoke about quite a lot um and i i think we've all just got such separate different influences that we we brought into a melting pot and mm-hmm. i don't know i've always been really really passionate about music um but kind of the really sort of it's hard to describe but sort of latching on to individual bands or artists and being a massive sort of fan of that and sort of almost standing there and going you know wearing it on my shirt almost like yeah this is who I look up to or whatever I've never really had that other than with very you know like Fleetwood Mac and Lindsay Buckingham but you know um, a lot of that is through that's what I grew up with do you know what I mean so that's just what you know is always imprinted on my brain but certainly I, I don't think any one of us really uh you know i mean look let's face it a lot of bands out there you can look at them for 10 seconds and go all right well he thinks he's i don't know john bonham and he thinks he's you know whoever but um i, I don't i don't think we necessarily ever really fit into into that bracket really um and and like you say i think i think a lot i think to be honest a lot of our success especially in places like japan i think was down to like what you're referring to in a sense of how eclectic the outcome of all those influences you know the the overall sound that that formed but you know adam i thought you were your band was perfectly named the music at first at first i wondered if you named yourself the music just so it'd be hard to google and steal your music (laughs) from napster but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that worked out well for you, but uh, I thought you were the perfect, perfectly named band. I, I thought the music was just spot on. Well, I mean, and that's kind of how we always thought about it. And, you know, as I said, the, the way it came about was effectively, well, it was Tim who suggested music and then we turned it into the music. And I, like I said, in, I, well, I think I taught, I spoke about it, but it was in a YouTube video. But um, I think we all kind of, we didn't, we didn't have a name for about eight or nine months. Do you know what I mean? While we were developing and all of that, we were, you know, we're just like, don't worry about the name, that'll come. And in the, in the meantime, there'd been little ideas floating around. That, you know there was always someone who went no but <laughs> when when we had that conversation and then kind of took it to everyone it was like once it was said everyone were like yeah i like that you know when you're like i shouldn't like it but i do because it kind of it's got it's got it's got like an arrogance to it but it wasn't like um you know a really cocksure obnoxious arrogance it was more like um again what you kind of referenced the fact that that's what we were about really you know we we weren't really about a strong um you know artistic stylistic uh, look or anything like that other than you know other than, although we did have a fantastically amazingly strong artistic campaign on especially the first record but oh, in yeah. terms of like us as four lads you know we we never gave a fuck about that do you know what i mean we used to get boxes of free clothes and that's what we'd wear <laughs> do you know what i mean and whoever could get the boxes of free clothes to us that's what and i, I fell in love with the north um t-shirts because the, the logo was effectively like the motorway symbol you know you guys have highways or whatever like uh, the road sign for when you were coming up from the south up to the north you get that big logo and uh i just i loved wearing that but anyway you know it was we, we were sort of and if, if anything we was kind of anti-stylistic and almost thoroughly focused on yeah music man musical ambitions and never you know like oh yeah we're big, gonna be the biggest band in the world and like all we never we never thought like that at all do you know what i mean we were always just like how can we be better 
how can how can this thing that we've created we need to step on with that and and improve really and like i say it was always because first and foremost it was all the music was all we gave a fuck about that's why we were there we weren't there because we wanted to wear leather jackets or fucking driving back of limos or any of that shit Do you know what i mean it was a compulsion that drew that drew us all to his instruments and then fate or whatever the fuck you want to call it that drew us all from there Do you know what i mean but i i, I really i always i always liked the way pat from the vines stated it like when you know when he talked about how craig wasn't really you know craig was very competitive from the vines you know with other bands yeah. and and all that but uh but he loved the music and he didn't feel um he didn't feel as if um you guys were encroaching on his music because of the fact that you guys were in your own swim lane and that he really yeah. loved that swim lane uh but it was just different from what he was doing and i always and that made me think i was like yeah because it, it was kind of hard to really put you guys in a box like i was like well what are they are they is this it's not classic rock obviously it's brand new it's not you know it's not it's definitely not the stuff that we've been listening man it was definitely not like the crap like you know nickel back or whatever that was going on back then well, like, that, there was nothing going on I mean, that's that was what like, this is i don't want to put it in the same category as that what is this yeah yeah i mean we you know when our first singles come out and we were, were on top of the pops we were on like we were on with puddle and mud who in my mind anyway are like uh just another version of Nickelback. Yeah. Um, to be fair, to be fair, we were actually on with the Foo Fighters, our first top of the pop performance. What's I wonder what single that must have been. But we were doing Truth, I think, or Long Road. But yeah, there was Puddle of Mud, and there was Nirvana, and then there was Blazing Squad. You know, I mean, music at that time, it's you know, it was shit mm-hmm. for you know, for lack of a better word. I mean, obviously, it's going to be different in the states, but certainly, and that's you know, that's kind of. That's what forced us to as instruments. Do you know what I mean? And when and when me and Rob were kind of conceptualizing this as a band and walking the bloody streets, talking about it, eating chicken kebabs and stuff, that you know that they're the conversations we had. Like, have you heard that new fucking who is it single or that new stereophonic song? And I mean, don't get me wrong, back then you know we didn't have anything against the stereophonics or anything, but. We always just used to go like we we can do that like in this lunch break, you know what I mean. So what what are we gonna be able to do if we really um you know actually go you know go down an alleyway so to speak you know? But in hindsight, obviously we never we never got as um commercially as successful as them. But you know that's a side point. We made totally different music at the end of the day. But that you know we 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 could have been any of that shit. Do you know what I mean? In the sense that we're all good enough on as instruments that we could have you know just kind of worked to sell ourselves to the lowest common denominator. Do you know what I mean? Just because we kind of could, but I never fucking made sense to us, man. Do you know what I mean? It would, we just, we had, we just, we weren't aware of any of that sort of stuff. And like, yeah, like you say, Pete, uh, the competitive element that were very strong in me. And I think, you know, if I ever did have uh, that level of sort of adoration for other bands, it only existed until I started writing songs and playing guitar. And then I kind of lost that looking up feeling and, adapted a more well i can do better than that do you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. whenever you know if someone said oh have you heard that by them i'd be like oh fucking hell no but i'll listen to it don't you worry i'll oh, listen to it. yeah yeah and then you listen to it and then you're either like bastard that's really good <laughs> or you're like ah that's fucking shit i ain't got time for that do you know what i mean like it was rare that after that i sat down and got excited about stuff unless it was stuff like you know prince or neil young for little mark you know velvet underground really classic stuff that you know shit nowadays you don't touch you know let's face it but um, Mike, Mike was also the one that came to me and was like you are not going to believe what I am about to tell you <laughs> the music are coming to Florida <laughs> and I was like <laughs> shut up I, th- th- I wouldn't have dreamed it in a million years and then sure enough how long how long after introducing us, uh, you to us was that then? Yeah, we, we were actually, we were very heavy into the first album. It was just maybe a month or two after Welcome to the North came out. And uh, we were so excited, so excited, knowing that we knew that we would get to the festival early. We knew that you should probably play four or five songs, but that was going to be good enough for us. We were so happy to see you. Actually, Pete went back and talked to you and Rob after the set. You, I'm sure you don't remember it, but yeah, <laughs> Pete's, Pete has a knack of... Uh, of uh, it's it's quite amazing. We would uh all right. I'll give you an example. Pete's hanging out with uh, Public Enemy. He's yep. hanging out yep. with <laughs> what the fuck? The prom the prom kings hanging out with Public yeah, Enemy. Yeah, Pete Pete just Beastie has a boys. way. We would go to a show, and the next thing you know, we're 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 hanging with the band. And <laughs> it, it, I don't know how Pete does it. You know, it is so, so when you two connected. It was just like, here goes Fletcher again. Here goes Pete. Pete, Pete. How did this happen? <laughs> if Pete knows what I'm talking about, it's true. <laughs> yeah. 
love it. That's piss funny. That everyone's got one of them mates, aren't they? That's just like, how the fuck have you done that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always been, and it's weird because it's not even like I tried really hard. It's just always one of those things where it was like, oh yeah. Uh, by the way, I was talking to the Beastie Boys. Or, <laughs> uh, hey Mike, you want to come and record, watch this uh, this band record their album <laughs> with uh, Shy D and all that? Like, yeah, things just yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, things definitely happen. But oh, was yeah. that was that that Lolla was that Lollapalooza then? No, it was oh, the Buzz was Bake Sale. Buzz Bake Sale. That's oh, right. That's you right. Told me, told me that before, aren't you? But what? What? Yeah, venue? you showed the pass, and and when you were going through your video, yeah, time, yeah, I, like, I remember oh, showing the, the pass. Buzz Bake Sale. <laughs> what was the, what was the venue? What was the venue like? It was the Coral Sky Amphitheater, and oh, uh, right. West presidents of the United States of America were there. Was it outdoor? It was outdoor. It was yeah. outdoor. Yeah, it was like a like a theme park where they would have carnivals and stuff, you know, things like that. But, but I got to tell you, you, get, you guys brought the energy that we were expecting. And, and I remember, I think it was during uh, uh, Take the Long Road or The People. And there was a half second, there's a half second pause between your riff. And there was a half second moment of silence. And you feel all this energy coming at you. And in that half second moment of silence, it was like the air gets sucked back out of the, we're outside. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, oh, yeah. and, and, and and then next thing you know, it's coming right back at you again. And that was a sound that, you know, I'll get goosebumps was talking about it, mm-hmm. that that it, it you guys lived up to everything that we were expecting to see live. And it makes me real sad, but happy in the same time that next year we do get to see you guys again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that we didn't get to see. We were sad that we lived in South Florida and we weren't. Yeah. Uh, like Dana and able just to drop everything and go on tour with the music for, for a month. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, like like you say, um, whenever we played live, we just did it. Do you know what I mean? We did it authentically. I don't think... It, 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 it sort of didn't matter what mood you're in. Whenever you get on stage and you kind of start playing them songs, uh, you know, that sort of energy that you're referring to, that's, you know, that takes over us as well. And, you know, we've never, ever done a gig what i would refer to as half-assed do you know what i mean like i've never stood there going i can't be asked here do you know what i mean and sort of visibly sort of stood, it, it, it just tunes take over yeah in the same way that it they took over us in the practice room when we were 16 17 and we were playing them wrist for the first time and you know like rob said um you know it's that all the dancing and stuff that he does that won't for it wasn't necessarily for sure. I mean, fair enough. It kind of turned into that eventually. People loved it, but he used to just do that. You know, like we'd be all four of us just in a practice room playing something and it'd make him lose his shit and start dancing, man. Do you know what I mean? And I think that is a, a sort of, you know, um, a represent a, a moment that represents kind of what we were about live. And it was all about uh, that energy really and sort of feeding that out to the crowd and that's one of the biggest joys that you ever get from doing this and those moments specifically you talk about there um mike you know sort of the the gap the little bits of silence and stuff like that and um the moments in, in certain songs that i don't know man like we our music is all about drama do you know what i mean and don't get me wrong you can have great music without drama but drama makes for a fucking live show doesn't it do you know what i mean in terms of musical drama anyway you know it's not like we're just plodding along playing shit are we do you know what i mean it's like everything all our songs are an event and that's why we weren't one of these two albums a year or even one album every year kind of bands because every song and every moment has got to be an event there can't be the song where people are like oh it's this song we have to bathroom or whatever do you know, do you know what i mean it it's almost like we subconsciously demand that cult level of devotion from fans do you know what i mean but sort of through what we do if you know what i mean i might be talking shit now but that's kind of how it feels to me anyway it's not like it's not like going to watch just a run-of-the-mill band that are just gonna plod the way through some songs you know what i mean you come see us and it's a fucking experience anyway well and adam i gotta say after you guys performed there was a, le- a legitimate buzz and the people oh, around yeah. us, who, who are these guys? I mean, how come I've never heard of these guys? This, this is original. This is different. And that's kind of what is disheartening or sad about the fact that it all kind of faded away for you guys, you know, and, and it's understandable. Like, we totally get it. But, uh, you know, we are we do wish that that fourth album would come out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a lot of people. Yeah, I'll do a lot of people, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, but it's all it's all brilliant. It, it it really is. And the energy, you know, you brought up the vines. The vines have an energy about them, but the vines will knock out that energy in a minute and a half. You know, yeah. they, 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 it's a short to the point, smack in the face. 
you know, the, their, their type of energy where you're, you guys would extend it more. You guys would, there's more, you know, bridges and changes in your songs. Swell, uh, you yeah. Know, yeah. The, and the swell uh, to me, which is, yeah, that's the most important thing in music is being able to take it to a crescendo that takes you some other place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which Phil was pretty, pretty articulate explaining that, which I never really thought about it with you guys. But yeah, that was like, yeah, songs like Too High, so many, but like, yeah, just seeing that, that change in a song and just, yeah, it's like a, it's, every song was like a, a really great experience, you know, and we've seen so many bands live. And so, yeah, my, my opinion of bands that, you know, that are great produced. Some, 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 some bands are really great produced and they're horrible live. And then some bands are the opposite, right? They're just really good live, but their stuff that's produced is meh. But you guys were like, I don't know. We loved what we heard produced. We went there and we were not disappointed. There was not, well, I mean, I was blown away when we saw you guys do bleed, you know, with all the drums and everybody going crazy. Oh, yeah. Like that was, we didn't know that you guys were doing that at the time. It, it wasn't like there was a YouTube or anything at that time. So I was like, <laughs> Whoa, they're playing drums. I thought, <laughs> so that was pretty exciting, but yeah, it was, it was a fantastic show. An interesting thing as well is, uh, I have to ask, you say you actually met us. Were we, uh, were we nice or no. were we wankers? You, you guys were trog face wankers. No, um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, what it was, I didn't really chat with you. It's just that you guys were like right after the show or whatever. And, you know, they were just setting up stage. another band just off stage. And it was quiet. Uh, it was like a quiet moment. And you guys were in earshot. And uh, I just and I saw you guys were standing there talking and I was like, hey, Rob. And I just said, I just said, hey, Rob. And uh, he turned around and looked shocked that somebody knew his name. <laughs> hey, well, been, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, great show. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just looked at me like, go away. <laughs> and uh and that was it yeah so that was the beginning <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah 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 well, you gotta understand we were already junkie fans at that point though you know mm-hmm. this was just we were just so happy to have our five songs and yeah there were, still, there were like 12 bands that played that day well we took off like right after that <laughs> we're like okay so music, what, so, what, what, what songs were they then i'm guessing it'll have been long road yes. um truth bleed the people mm-hmm. bleed and well, did we finish our walls get smaller? You probably did Freedom Fighters too, because it was. If it were, if it we were like Freedom Fighters, if it were, I'm embarrassed, if, I don't remember. No, if it were a radio, I mean, we've played them sort of radio style shows before the radio live events, and it's not like you get like a long time. I mean, when we did Lollapalooza, you know, and we were, I think we had like twenty five minutes, thirty minute sets, and that was the funniest thing about Lollapalooza. I mean, we had a great time on it, but we kind of were, like, oh, you're doing Lollapalooza, and we were like, oh, great, what stage you're on? Well, you're on the second stage. All right, fine. And then we got there, and it's like, oh yeah, fucking great setup. And then we realised that the the second stage was effectively a fucking articulated lorry parked in the car park where they dropped the sides and the band were fucking on this lorry and we're like oh for fuck's sake oh well never mind that don't matter but yeah that was when buddy jared like oh we're there with 30 seconds to mars on in he was just running around with that flag and i was like who the fuck is that and someone went that's jared leto and i was like is it what the fuck and yeah 30 seconds to mars were on before us so it, it was just as that because i mean obviously they're fucking stratospherically big now but yeah we were playing on the back of that bloody uh wagon and you know we 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 pulled a lot of people in man and that as i've always spoke about something that we all get off on is just that moment where you can see people like what the fuck is going on here do you know what i mean when we start playing it's you know never 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 got old yeah, yeah you mentioned at the at the coldplay shows Oh, yeah. People are not expecting you to open up for Coldplay. And yeah, it's, it's a different flavor. Yeah. <laughs> a bit different. I, I never got that. I honestly never got, I mean, I guess it will have been some capital link. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously Coldplay were on capital records as well. And so were we, but it's like someone must have, at some point must have gone, really? You want them to open for Coldplay? I mean, you know, but uh, again, even then, even then you look down the front and there'd be, you know, like a little pocket of people who obviously knew who we were and absolutely loved it. But yeah, man, that the Coldplay tour was, you know, that, that never got old. Seeing all these really pedestrian families sort of sat there all well presented and then we start playing the dance and it just gets to that moment where I turn on that flange of chainsaw thing <laughs> halfway through it. that's great all the parents start bringing their children closer to them like what is this (laughs) 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 yeah 
So, so Mike's uh, obviously a big fan of the music, you know, big fan of the vines. Uh, you know, he and I have a long history of, uh, you know, music taste of, with rap and hip hop and everything else. But definitely if I, if I was to describe Mike, you know, in a, in a few words, I couldn't say it without saying he, he, Prince. You know, he's definitely been a Prince fan his whole life. I mean, early days. Uh, I'm trying to think if, because I know I went to see Prince Purple Rain in Miami. I, I don't remember if you went with me or not, but... Uh, we were both there, but yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we went different. Okay, yeah. But, uh, I, and I got uh, Sheila E's uh, handkerchief that show. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, better see There you me. go again. From <laughs> King Pete. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, but yeah, Mike's been a huge... Prince fan, but he was not like your uh, Purple Rain fan, fan so much. He just he was more of the deep. Like he's he's his favorite Prince songs. I probably never even heard because <laughs> I don't know how many albums mm. Prince had. Like he he had a lot of deep cuts. And Mike was the kind of guy that saw Prince and in many different places that I didn't. So Mike, tell us a little bit about your your Prince journey. My Prince journey. The summer of 1983, my uh, my family decided we were going to take a road trip from South Florida and we're going to drive in a camper to Texas and go to go to Mexico. Why my family decided to have this for a trip, I don't know. I think it was because it would kill maybe two or three weeks out of the summer. So we're, we're in Houston and we go to the mall and my mom gives us a little bit of money for uh, souvenirs. I go to the music store. I buy headphones, a cassette player. I buy Def Leppard Pyromania and Prince's 1999 album. <laughs> and and nice contrast there, right? And uh, my, uh, my, uh, my mom's like, oh, why do you want to spend money on this? You're supposed to buy souvenirs. I'm like, well, this is souvenirs, you know, for me, you know, I w- I'm in the camper. I want to be able to listen to what I want to listen to. Let me, you know, you guys are driving. Let me listen to my music. So she agreed. She let me get it. And for what it's worth, that discovery of Prince turned out to be the best, the best souvenir I ever got on any vacation because it, it was with me my, you know, my whole life. It's interesting because I'm 13 years old at this time. I'm an adopted person. Okay. I, I, I recently met my biological uh, father. Um, oh, well. But my mom, but Pete will know. Pete knows my mom. I, my mom was mostly single uh, at the time that we were together. And oh, I've so got I never some stories a... from the early days, man. <laughs> some, <laughs> some very illegal stories, but I <laughs> Absolutely. We'll save that for another show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, we, uh, <laughs> we, um, I never had a father figure. So you got to understand, I'm 13 years old, gone through puberty. And then I get this guy named Prince, who's totally teaching me about women and sex and how to treat a woman and all of these things, but doing it in such a way that it's like I'm listening like like George Clinton or or some very artistic way or whatever. So he kind of became a, of a father type figure to me. And I, and I know Pete will attest to that. It, it, it became a very important figure in my life because he wasn't like anybody else's music. Nobody sounded like Prince. Nobody still sounds like Prince. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He uh, and he could play R&B. He could play blistering rock and roll. He could play yep. the smoothest jazz. He could play shredded the guitar for sure. Yeah. So I had yep. so many different genres out of one guy that a lot of people didn't understand. A lot of people wouldn't get like there are times we would go on trips together, Pete and the crew that we'd be with or whatever. I'm listening to Princess Parade album. And they're like, what the hell are you listening to? And I'm like, you guys just don't get it. You just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And now that the time has gone by that I think people do get it and regret not getting it earlier. Um, but uh, that's where it all started. Purple Rain, or the Purple Rain tour was my first concert I ever went to. So um, before Purple Rain even came out, I had purchased his entire back catalog. So by the time Purple Rain came out, I was already the super fan. And then right. Purple Rain becomes this whole other Purple Rain becomes like a living organism all by itself. You know, yeah. it was like you had Michael Jackson and Thriller, and then all of a sudden you had this huge piece of pop culture, which is Purple Rain, that anywhere you turn on the TV, anything that you saw was Prince, you know, and I was the guy in the background going, yeah, you guys didn't know about this guy, you know, <laughs> last year, but now you all love him. It, 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 as quickly as people fell in love with him, people fell out of favor with him as well, because the album after Purple Rain is a album called Around the World in a Day, which is basically a Beatles album. It's totally a different sound. He, he didn't, he didn't want to cater to what the radio wanted him to, to play. He yeah. made music that made him happy and um, either you got it or you didn't. I've seen him maybe a dozen times. Uh, after that, my wife and I went to many, many tours. We've traveled uh, as far as maybe we travel up to Tampa to see him. Um, recently we went up for my 50th birthday to Paisley park. Uh, my wife and daughter took me up there to, uh, to, to visit basically his studio slash home. 
which was an emotional experience for me. When, when Prince passed, it was like I lost my father. Mm. It, was a, it was a big deal for me because I had spent, out of all the things I've had in my life, he was the one thing that was always there for me. If that makes sense. I don't want to sound corny or cheesy. No, or no, like man, no. Oh, no, man, no, no, no. You, know, you love Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what music does, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And, you know, especially that time in your life or whatever, when you're getting, you know, to a point where you're much more aware of things and something that comes into your life and remains a, a, a huge positive influence. Um, you know, that's not that's never fucking corny. But uh, I know, you know, I, I share I share that love of Prince as well. And that's why... Um, I mean, not everyone will know, obviously, because, you know, just on Patreon or whatever. But that's why when I found out you love Prince, that's why I did that uh, Prince cover for you and sent it straight to you. <laughs> I sent it to everyone else uh, a couple of days later. But, uh, you know, I did that principally for you because I thought, well, you know, I know you'll appreciate it. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, so it's for my discovery of Prince anyway. You know, when I was growing up and not really properly musically aware or anything like that, I'd, I'd sort of heard... I think it's something that I didn't get. Do you know what I mean? Like, like uh, quite a few bands that I've since completely 180'd on and absolutely love. But, and I remember um, when I'd started playing guitar, actually, I'd been playing guitar for a little bit. And I just, for some random reason, sat down and decided to listen to a Prince record properly. And, it, you know, that were a massive defining moment for me musically as well. And especially when I had sort of a bit of an insight into, you know, how he went about creating his music as well and you know it's all him do you know what i mean and he'd sit there in the studio get out of his way and you know i've heard i've heard stories as well about his engineers and stuff like that you know work at paisley park and you know just permanently on call just 24 7 on call do you know what i mean you get a call at two in the morning because he's got an idea and you gotta fly down there but like you say the um it just the the ridiculous ability to speak with such rhythmic truths do you know what i mean not just obviously you know sort of it's it's a hard thing to put your finger on isn't it you know like i think prince is one of those artists that not just musically i mean that's one conversation entirely in in terms of his use of melody and stuff like that and his his understanding his deep understanding of theory which is ridiculously obvious and you know the sort of jazz influence and um just the way he uses music in general but is but some people just have that knack don't they of saying something that only they can say do you know what i mean and uh, in the way that only they're ever going to say it and to make such ridiculous amounts of sense out of such big things with such few sentences do you know like sign of the times for god's sake do you know what i mean the actual song and do you know what i mean all like all like you know the cross that i sent you like yeah. peter pete yeah pete fucking bless pete man um <laughs> pete thought that were me and i would i almost said to him motherfucker if i could write lyrics like that jesus i want you to get a bit more excited than oh i thought that were you was that, yeah oh I, I pinged god. him i pinged him after he sent it i was like hey that's really good <laughs> Like, oh, that's Prince. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it shows you how much he was paying attention when I was playing uh, Prince back in the day. It, it, it would just, it, it just didn't, it didn't, it did, it's not that it didn't resonate, but with Prince, it's it's an acquired taste. Yeah, I was more of a greatest hit. Willing to sit down yeah. and listen. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, gotta, you know, like the cross. Do you know what I mean? That's uh, quite an untip. Well, I mean, it is typical of Prince, but while everyone knows Prince's name, and I'm sure they know a handful of songs, not everyone's going to know that song. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's why I did that one specifically for you. Um, and just because that's one that I remember the first time I heard Sign of the Times. And in fact, um, I think we were in LA actually. And I were, I literally went up to Tony, one of our managers, who I respect massively musically as well. And I was just like, you know, give me, throw a great record at me. I'm going to, I'm going down to record shop. Give, give me a great record. And he was just like, Sign of the Times, Prince. And I'm like, well, you know, all right, I've done quite a lot of prints, but I'll do that. And that, you know, I mean, that's just another example of you like, well, I thought that's what I knew about prints. And then you kind of hear that record and, you know, shit like Housequake and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck is going on in his head? Do you know, I mean, just musically as much as anything. Yeah. Like, it's like, and it's so weird, isn't it? I don't know whether it's like some sort of subliminal thing, but, um, you know, obviously his connection with the color with purple, but it, that's. And I, I, I almost don't think it is subconscious. That's kind of how I see his music. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of just, it's just really powerfully unique, I would say. Um, and it's in- incredibly musical and colourful. Do you know what I mean? When talk, people talk about musicality and stuff like that. And, and again, you talk about virtuosos, but, and, and that's another thing as well. Like I never realised that he could fucking play guitar. Not only guitar, 
have you seen him play bass? Oh, I'm yes. sure you I'm sure you have, obviously. That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say to Mike, that was a rhetorical question, but Pete. <laughs> Pete, there's a video I can send you, and it's like I think it's only like a 14 second clip of him playing bass at Paisley Park. He's pumping away. It's fucking ridiculous. Honestly, you have never seen anything like it in your life. The way he plays fucking instruments, just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, and that's what's great about this this show, this podcast, or whatever. Is this is just kind of shit I want. Do you know what I mean? People who are passionate about stuff and um, you know can articulate it and talk about it, and I love it when I share that passion as well. And um, you know, Prince is definitely one of those things where yeah. I wholeheartedly um, agree with you on that. And you well, know, it was that it was a it was a big loss to music. Just, I mean, the amount of music that he created and didn't release as well, just so prolific of such quality and such a cultural commentator. And even what was the was it Musicology? Was that one of the albums? Was mm-hmm. it called Music? Yeah, yeah, great uh, tour. yeah, yeah, man. Like one of the tracks on that. Um, it's got a, it's lay on on the record and it's got like a really mellow fucking mellotron on it uh what's it called can't remember what it's called but again the call lyrics oh my name i'm thinking of a mellow song from that album it's really funky as fuck man and it's a it's it towards <laughs> the end um what uh i can't remember the precise name of it anyway but Purple again ly- ly- <laughs> <laughs> lyrically he just he's just honestly just and it makes me laugh so much Prince. That's one thing. There's, there's a lot of comedy in his music oh, yeah. that people so, don't get. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, I love as well, a lot of it is hidden in a production sense. Like, you really have to listen for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's little vocals mixed into strange positions in the track that are saying shit. Where if you can hear what they're saying, you're like, you can't fucking say that on a record. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> is he saying what I think, honestly? Uh, but then he'll say, again, just a lyric. Um, he just he just makes points in such a fucking beautiful way that sort of makes you, even if it's a serious point about something in life, it'll make you sort of go, <laughs> do you know what I mean? In terms of how it clicks in your head and how he's able to make sense of stuff. I don't know. Genius, man. For sure. So I've got a homework assignment for you, Adam, because uh, you probably haven't seen this because it's under the guise of, the American Super Bowl, uh, but Prince played the halftime show at the Super Bowl years back, and uh, it was—it's got a really interesting story because it was down in Miami, and uh, it was um, halftime, and it was my—if you don't know this about Miami, it, it's the rain there is torrential, like it's yep. insane, and uh, so they were scared to death that this multi-mega superstar was going to go out on the halftime show and 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 get killed you know because he had an electric guitar and you know and dancing and sliding on this like really slippery stage and so they did a after the super bowl they did this whole like mini video about like talking to the different people that were involved and the production and the performance was ridiculous i mean it was definitely hairs stand up on the back of your neck kind of good and uh yeah and he finished with purple rain and it was pouring and then the lights from the stadium were you know purple and it was just intense and and they were basically like he summoned the rain <laughs> they were basically there's no question this man summoned this rain <laughs> i mean Adam, i haven't seen it you should watch it. It, it it was a pretty spectacular moment and what's really interesting about it is from what i understand when they were wheeling out the stage the the main power line got got cut and there's maybe two or three minutes before the show and i guess whoever was handled or one of the roadies or whatever took that live wire inside the rain plugged it in and held it for the entire performance um and everything is live there is no lip syncing there is no you know back backtracking vocals all the guitar licks everything is live in the rain and i think that was a moment for him that kind of maybe transcended him a little bit and one of my favorite quotes i heard about prince is he's your favorite rock star's favorite rock star yeah 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 yeah, yeah. foo fighters loved prince <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lots of people love Prince. They're just not afraid to say it now. Oh well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's I've never understood that. Stood that really. Um, just, it's just fucking genius. Do you know what I mean? So how many times? How many times have you seen him then? Uh, about a dozen times. Right, There's a right. show in Atlanta, Georgia, um, where I'm on stage with him. That I, I hope the video, I, the video hasn't come out where I was on stage dancing with him. All um, right. I, oh, I, search, I went. I went and now. saw him. It's funny. One time I got when uh, my wife and I first started dating, it was early in 99. And I found out he was performing at the Billboard Radio Awards at the Fountain Blue in Miami. So somehow I did a Pete Fletcher and I household myself some tickets to take my wife to this. (laughs) And it's a corporate radio event, right? It's a corporate radio event. We're at a table. I'm having 
I'm having dinner with Montel Jordan or whatever. You know, this is how we do a guy at the table. Um, who's the famous uh, record producer? The old guy. I can't think of his name. Um, old guy. Anyway, but his name is, escapes me right now. But so I'm at a formal industry event. Prince comes out. He plays. He does maybe 10, 15 songs. I, I, actually, yeah, probably about 10 songs or whatever. It, was, it wasn't too elaborate for a Prince concert. You know, he was showing off for his industry people. I remember somebody yelling out to him, do the splits, do the splits. And he did maybe 10 or 12 splits. And in hindsight, knowing now that he was probably in excruciating pain when somebody asked him to do those splits because he had hip, had hip issues. But uh, so anyway, the, the whole point of me rambling about this story is my wife goes out in the hallway. to She goes to the restroom. And that's before he played. She goes out. She goes to the restroom. And as she walks back in, and my wife is five, two. She comes back to the table and she goes, she's like, she's like Mike. I'm like, what? She goes, I just ran into Prince. Like in the hallway. <laughs> like, okay, I've, I've had I've had a couple of encounters like that. So I, I knew that she was probably a little little flustered by it or whatever else. I'm like, oh, so what'd you say? And she's like, I said, hi, Prince. You know, like, well, he, he said hi. <laughs> you know, and then we, then we uh, you know, she went back to the, the stage or whatever. Then she got to see like this little performance. But anyway, the when the show was over and this performance was over, they said, okay, Prince will be coming back for a meet and greet. And I looked at Lily, my wife, and I, I said, okay, let's go. And she says, what, they're having a meet and greet. Why do you want to go? I said, I, no, let's just go. I had, I had him on such a, a pedestal yeah. and I had such a love for him. I wasn't going to let anything have the opportunity to detract what I appreciated the most about him. So yeah. even though I had an opportunity to meet him, I, I quickly passed up on it just because I didn't want to meet him and him to do something that was going to take away for him to, you know, or for me to do something that would offend him or maybe or, or it put him in a situation that it would ruin this relationship that I had established with his music for so many years. Yeah. Do you regret, do you regret that in any way or not? In hindsight now? Yeah. hundred percent. I regret it. Oh, right. Really? Yeah. I, I would love anything. Just like I would love to say, Adam, Rob, you guys, thank you so yeah. much for the music that you've given us. So I would have told him the same thing. Thank you so much for, for being the soundtrack to my life. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking nuts really. Isn't it? But like you said, that must've been incredible though. Um, Especially for your wife, just hi, Prince. <laughs> yeah, what else are you going to fucking say? I guess, you know what I mean? What else are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. We used to run out. He had a club in South Beach, and the shows in South Beach from his birthdays were just amazing. We'd, we'd wait in line from, you know, eight, nine o'clock in the afternoon or in the early evening, get in. He wouldn't get on stage until maybe midnight, one o'clock, and we'd leave the club and the sun would be coming up. And it was just the energy. I mean, you're just constantly moving and he's he's playing Santana covers. He's playing, uh, you know, not playing any of the hits at all in these shows. These yeah, are small yeah, yeah. clubs, and, which are always the best shows. Um, it, it just just mind-blowing stuff. I think things I wish I would have the opportunity to get. And I think the thing that makes me the saddest is that my oldest, who loves his music as well, will never have the opportunity to see him in concert. Mm. When I told Mike that I first met you and we were chatting, he was like, uh, I was like, yeah, we're going to do a podcast together, this and that. And he was like, can you get Prince from the dead and uh, introduce me to him? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much (laughs) well i mean like you said like when he told you that we were going to do a podcast together though like you you know i bet you was there again oh fucking prom king pete fucking (laughs) that's it he's prom king from now on (laughs) that's that's hilarious you're welcome pete (laughs) so so while i do have a favorite artist or a favorite musician it does not in any way detract my love for music and all the things that I'm, I'm always constantly looking or trying to find somebody that's going to push that button with me and move me yeah. emotionally or physically. Uh, I, I thought a lot of move, a lot of music in the nineties and the, in the two thousands was, was just not very good. And actually today's music is, is disheartening. As I was well. going to ask you what's good. What's good today for, in your opinion? Yeah, you that's, a good, that's, that's, that's a good, good question. Like, my daughter digs into a lot of people and she like, she likes Tame Impala, which I do enjoy their music. Wow. Uh, it's still okay. It's even more, it's even though they're not making music anymore, but they're not that old. They're from the two thousands, but LCD sound system. I absolutely love, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I like the foos. Um, Queens of the Stone Age, still ah, yeah, fantastic, man. just fantastic okay. band. Yeah, anything Jack White does, I love. Uh, the right, did you ever listen to the Rock and Tours, Pete? No, who's that? Okay, that's Jack White's side band. Ah. You got to listen to them. It's they're 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 awesome. Um, I went. I think that was one of the last concerts I went to. I went and saw them. Um, my daughter loves, and I actually like them too. Forgive me, Harry Styles. 
All right. Oh, okay. How's that? He actually is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he won't get into it, but he's actually quite a good Bollocks. songwriter. He's actually quite a good songwriter. <laughs> what was that little soundbite you pulled out there, Pete? Yeah, was that me? Pete, Pete's like, you want to edit that one out? <laughs> no, man, fucking hell. People like what they like. I like a fucking bit of One Direction, mate. Not wrong with it. Great what? pop song. Not One Direction <laughs> for me. Pete's but, face. But I, not One Direction for me. I like his solo stuff. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> What about you, Pete? What do you like? I like Eller. Yeah, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her interview. Yeah. Listen, I I don't know what's going on, but the to me the sign of a good pop song is is when you just can't get out of your head. And I've been I've been hearing it in my head like day and night since last week. And it's like uh, several. I shared it with uh, I shared it with my daughter right away. She loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same. I oh. sent it to my daughter, and I didn't tell her anything about it. I was like, "What do you think of this artist?" And she was like, "Wow, this is really great. How do you, what is it? Where'd you get it from?" And I was like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, no, she's really good." Um, so, Mike, uh, of course, you are coming to Temple News, am aren't you? I am absolutely. Absolutely, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be fucking special. It's going to be special, providing you know something biblical doesn't happen, some sort of I don't know plague of locusts that makes it not possible or something like that. But you know, <laughs> fail it, fail it, because it'll probably happen. Now. Yeah, we're already living through the plague now. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, we've already we've already had to postpone it. Postpone it once for fucking plague. So it's not really much of a joke, that is it? Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, it's a sad, sad, sad world. Yeah, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, at least we've got little uh, lights at the end of the tunnel, like, um, you know, things like the gig and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, who knows, who knows what else, really. But, yeah, man, this has been, uh, I've really fucking really enjoyed having you on and um, hearing your and Pete's connection. And I have got a, a, a very fast growing thirst now for sort of stories about Pete that's going to make him pull the face he's, <laughs> he's been pulling throughout this podcast you know what I mean I've, I can't wait to hear more of those so oh, for fuck's you know, sake <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to have a series of podcasts just dedicated to you effectively just slaying him do you know what I mean uh, but, come on now <laughs> oh, we got good ones. I got good ones my friend yeah he knows where the, be- he knows where we the need bodies are we need to knock back right. some beers for that yeah. <laughs> but yeah man so um, not all not all only thank you for coming on and talking to us on the podcast but again thank you very much for for being one of my patrons like i say it absolutely means the world to me that um you know i've got people such as yourself that believe in me enough to support me um in the way that you are so as i say thank you very much for both those things adam the other night on the uh on the live stream when you're going off on that blues tangent oh yeah that was that's worth the price of admission right there, my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice one. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, honestly, sometimes I think, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? Do people enjoy this? But it's great when people tell me that. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it as well. Spectacular, man. Just so awesome. So thank you very much, Mike. Um, it's been lovely to have you on. And as usual, thank you to you as well, Pete. Um, and yeah, thank you to everyone else for listening as well. Thank you. 